The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring over your home league over to underdogfantasy.com. You get $25 upon sign-up, so you can take a free shot at a million-dollar grand prize for their fantasy football tournament. Again, you get $25 free in bonus cash when you use the code 5RSN to sign up. It has never been easier to take a shot at a million-dollar prize in their best ball mania tournament. Go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, use the promo code 5RSN, and get $25 in bonus cash. Sign up today you break wheel fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience they specialize in complete wheel repair repairing wheels from curb rash bends and cracks they also specialize in refinishing from polishing machining and custom colors that will suit your car's needs lastly you break wheel fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications contact them at 305-748-0112 that's 305-748-0112 or at you break wheel fix on all social platforms this show is brought to you by lewis peters state farm agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the united states for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry local agents that understand south florida's unique market you have access to them 24 7 walk in call in click in through lewispeters.com you can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Simon Clancy is probably sleeping somewhere in London. It's really, really late over there when we're recording this. So he was not able to make it. But as always, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code 5RSN for 20% off your order. I just came back from the, the keys, Chris. And you just came and back from the keys? Yes. Did you really? Yesterday, yes. You didn't know wow. that? I've, I've been saying that for an entire week. Yeah, embarrassingly, I, I 
I may have completely forgotten. <laughs> you didn't notice that I wasn't around for like five days? <laughs> I don't notice. Yeah, there's a lot I don't notice nowadays, Alf. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I just came back from the Keys. And uh, I must say, I traveled with the ball deodorant. And it was absolutely necessary. Because it was traveled a little muggy. With it? Yes. Like, did you buy it a ticket on anything? Like, it... <laughs> well, it, it went in my backpack in in the back of my car, so I traveled with it. Essentials, you know, <laughs> you know it was in, and it was actually inside my little manscape kit uh, bag that they give you, where you put all that stuff in. I, so, I know it well. I know it okay. well. So yes, so I put it in the man's manscape bag and then i put it on my bag <laughs> every morning ah i see, see what you, you did see, there so you saw what i did there it was yeah, beautiful right yeah that was well done but i got in my car and you, you know have you, you've been to the keys chris oh yeah, yeah okay on the way back like there's so many different things to do so my wife is like okay stop here and stop there and let's have lunch here and let's have a drink there and stop here. I want to buy something. And stop there. I want. I gotta buy key lime pies and key lime cookies, right? So you end up driving for about six hours when it should be like a three-hour drive. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm dead tired, but I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, you know what? I might even make it home for this game. Oh, but I didn't. I got. I got home. Around, but you didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I got home around two o'clock, so I missed about a quarter and change. But I was completely entertained, and of you, course you did the- better. You did better than me, by the way. I missed. I missed the first half entirely. Okay, and by the and by the way, on the way back, I kept getting these little notifications from ESPN and little notifications from Twitter, and I was like, "What the fuck is this about?" Of course, <laughs> of course we oh, all great. know. We all know. What, what, yeah, yeah, we all know what it was about, and I'm like, mm. "Oh boy, I'm coming back oh, to no. this." <laughs> yep. But anyway, I got home. And you know you you got that that post vacation hangover, and you're like, you know what? Fuck this! I'm not doing anything but sitting here, vegging out, ball watching. I'm not even gonna pay attention to what these guys are doing. I'm gonna watch a football game and drink a few beers and just enjoy myself. And hopefully, I pass out as soon as the game is over. I was completely entertained, and and I gotta say, I got a little bit annoyed. In the fourth quarter, by super serious Bengals fan that wanted to win that game, and I started rooting really hard for Reed Sinet. Wait, and so you had so you had a super serious Bengals game that actually wanted to win the third <laughs> and final preseason game of the season against the Dolphins? Yeah, they were all over the TV. They kept showing them, like you know, living. Oh, and dying okay. I thought you. Were, I thought you were saying you were with somebody. Like, I no, thought if you were I had like, somebody in my house that was super serious Bengals fan that wanted to win the game, I would have thrown them out of my house. I. Okay. It's grounds for it. I mean, and not just be not just be for being a Bengals fan, but like you know, and and not just for rooting against the Dolphins, but for being dumb enough <laughs> to care that much about the result of the preseason game. Well, I'm there and I'm enjoying the hell out of it, okay? And I'm I'm even enjoying some of the play from some of the Bengals and I'm wondering, okay, maybe this guy's and I started thinking, you know what? They're not completely terrible. Like they could sneak up and win six games if Burrow is good. Maybe they win seven if Burrow is really good. And a little luck, maybe they're you know, a competent football team and they win eight. They go eight and nine or something like that. So I came away kind of impressed with some of the guys that they have on their roster. I, I, had, I had not looked at their skill position guys 
all that well until yesterday. And I came away kind of impressed. Like, that's a pretty decent group if Jamar Chase is any good. But well, if Jamar Chase can catch a cold. <laughs> yes. But he's kind of key to the whole thing, right? Well, but I was, you'd think so. But, I mean, they uh, had – they have other they have other weapons at that wide receiver position. I mean, I love T. The, Higgins. Love T. Higgins. The, the key there is that you know they could have had or, or many people wanted them to have obvious offensive line help to keep Burrow yeah. healthy. Uh, instead, they choose Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. who goes on to struggle all training camp and drop everything in preseason. Yeah. It just looked bad. Just the same, he just looks yeah. bad. You know. But who knows? Maybe he's a game. He looks like a guy who hasn't played football in, you know, a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm watching it, and then they keep cutting to the fans, and Bengals fans are starting chants in the fourth quarter, and they're all excited when they're up two touchdowns. And I begin to get a little bit annoyed, and I'm I'm annoyed at them because now they're making me care about this game. And I'm like, you know what? I want all these fans to go home mad. Okay? I want Reed Sinet to pull this off. If not for... if not for anybody, I, I want Reed Sinet to get on a team because I think the Dolphins will cut him. And I think that this performance probably got him on another team, right? Or do you think that he makes it onto no. a practice squad? No, I think he makes it on the practice squad. I think largely the NFL are keeping only um, nowadays are keeping only two quarterbacks. So if you think mm-hmm. about it, if you think about the fact that you have to be basically a top 64 quarterback to be assured of, uh, you know, yeah. um, and of, a, of a roster that. spot. Yeah. And, and, and it's not that it's not that, you know, you rank the list and like, oh, he's 80 or something like that. It's just that think about all of the rookies and the draft picks that have happened that auto that pretty much automatically skate into that top 64, mm-hmm. you know, like um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not picking on Easton stick because I actually like him quite a bit, but, um, but like, you know, somebody, if, if somebody took like an Easton stick in the third or fourth round or something like that, like they end up, they end up, you know, keeping him on the roster as one of those top 64 guys, whether he is a top 64 guy or not, just so happens. I think he's playing, phenomenally well this preseason so i don't even know why i'm using him as an example Mm. it's just the first name that came to mind but um but yeah so he's he's definitely got the odds stacked against him uh but that's okay because practice squad is like a thing now practice squad used to be an afterthought way back in the day when we were you know do do you remember what one practice squad like seven players at one point or and it was was six at one point yeah i think it might have been six it was just like it was just total afterthought. It was just you know scout team, um, you know. It was just, essentially a part time job too because you used to get paid twenty two hundred dollars a week. Mm-hmm. Only, I mean, the, you know, if the, you're doing the I math, just saw, I just saw the um the the breakdown of how much they're paid now, and um you know they're they're getting some the weekly salary um for two or fewer accrued seasons. You know, on the on the practice squad, do you know what it is this year? No idea. $9,200 a week. That is damn good. That's damn good. So, work so, so essentially it, right? it takes, it takes them up to the, what the 114,000 league minimum, right? Is that what they're doing? Um, I don't know. Like, what is that times 17? Um, yeah, nah, well. it's a little bit, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah. So it's a little bit more. Than yeah. That. Yeah. It's a little bit more than that. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's a, that's a yeah. nice salary, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I used to remember when they used to get paid twenty two hundred bucks mm-hmm. a week, and if you do the math, there's seventeen weeks in a season. 
So, but they were they were such afterthoughts too. Like yeah. you know, you just you never even saw them really get brought up to the roster that much. I'm I'm just talking I'm talking about way a long time ago. So, um, they've been more and more in use I think in the last ten years. But um, yeah, this so but this year no no more in use than this year I think because mm-hmm. this year the new rules are like I mean you got sixteen of them you can keep sixteen of them and and you know a bunch of them can be no matter it doesn't matter how many seasons they recruit so they can be like veterans like we talked about like um josh mccown is used as an example like he can be on a practice spot Mm -hmm. um and and i think there can be six of of those guys and um yeah so and and you get to bring them up to the regular roster now like you get you get to like without actually signing them you just like hey i'm i'm just gonna this week I'm going to make uh, I'm going to have 55 roster spots instead of 53 because two of my practice squad guys are dressing for the game, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's pretty incredible to me. So, yeah. I, yeah. I you know what was incredible to me? Reed Sinetti for 343 yards, right? Yeah. And on my little telltale chart here, it says mm-hmm. he had 76 yards and drop balls, which means he could have thrown for over 400 yards in a preseason game. Yeah. As it was, like his 340, whatever was, uh, I forget what, I forget what I saw to that, to that um, extent, but it was something like the, the most that we've seen in years. Um, not in Miami, like, but like anybody in preseason, I think. Yeah. It's a, it, it was a, it was a runner up, uh, the second most yards thrown for in a preseason. Do you know who threw for the most yards in a preseason game? Um, oh, man. I know the answer. I, you know, there is, is a possibility that I could actually think of it because I, I, I can think of a guy. I can think of a guy that just like unleashed in a preseason game, but um, it's not coming to me. Who is it? Uh, he's on this team, Chris. Jacoby Brissett for the Patriots. Against oh, the did it, was it him? Okay. Yes. I believe the number is 376. Else. Yeah, they kept wow. flashing it on the game where they said, oh, Resenet, nice. Resenet. You know, if he could manage to get a few more yards, but of course he wasn't going to. He just fell short of the all-time record by set by Jacoby Brissett. So and- Jacoby Brissett was watching him potentially break his record if, <laughs> yes. if like players didn't drop the ball on the ball on him. Yeah, basically, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty fun. But I, you know, I was I, I was completely I completely enjoyed the game. I loved mm. the game. Uh, I had a good time sitting there. No real stakes, just enjoying watching guys play football. I thought the game was actually pretty well played, poorly officiated. And I have a lot to say about that, okay? A lot of these officials, well, first of all, you really have to be incompetent, okay? Like a second, like a, a new level created for incompetence, okay? This has to be like special incompetence, almost intentional incompetence. To spot the ball at the 14-yard line, first and 10, right? Mm -hmm. And a play is run that reaches the five-yard line. Are we doing our math here? You have a calculator, Chris? Yeah, 14-yard line to the five-yard line, yeah. Okay. And nothing else is gained, all right? Mm -hmm. And the referee signals first down. So nine, we're doing we're doing like half the distance to the goal rules now. Yeah, essentially a nine yard first down was awarded yesterday to the Cincinnati Bengals. 
And that actually happened in an NFL football game. That cannot happen. And yeah. Brian Flores was going nuts on the side. I'm like, you guys spotted it. Because remember, they had the sticks there. So yeah. the sticks are standing right there. And he's like, the stick is at the 14. The ball's at the <laughs> 5. It should be 4th and 1, not 1st down. You it's know, half but the sh- distance to the goal rules. Like, once, <laughs> once you get – isn't that how it works? Exactly. And another thing that kind of pissed me off, Reed Sinek gets absolutely blasted the same way that Benito Jones oh, blasted yeah. Shermer. Sure, uh, Benito Jones gets a call. Reed Sinek does not get a call. Like I, I didn't get think it. I didn't think Benito Jones did anything really. I mean, can't he just he he killed a quarterback? Well, he's, you're allowed to hit the hit the quarterback in this. He hit him, but I mean, he's like, so what? He's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like you don't want you don't want him to fall on him. Well, you know, Benito Jones is not going to lose any weight from now until the season starts. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's, he can't just drop. He can't just like drop his his extra hundred pounds like a suitcase or something and just <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm going to be light on you. But Reed Sinek gets absolutely blasted and no call. And Brian Flores was also livid about that. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. And Brian Flores had to call a timeout because this jackass referee actually told him, your quarterback's dead there. So you either have to call a timeout if you want to get back into the game. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, he was livid about that too. Like he was like, oh, wait, I got to call a timeout just to get him back in the game. Like, (laughs) Yeah. That was poor officiating, and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be this way. If you charge tickets and people are sitting in the stands, okay, especially in this day and age, and they're keeping score, you should have competent referees, okay? You shouldn't have referees that just want to get the hell out of there and get back to their hotel room. I know it's Cincinnati, and nobody wants to be there this time of the year, but, you know, do your job. Don't, no, don't... Cincinnati's not that bad. Don't, 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 talk, don't, don't talk about, like, this Cleveland. Yeah, I've been there. Cincinnati's not terrible, you know. No, I, I was terrible. briefly, briefly there, you know. But Ohio's just not my cup of tea. But well, you get my impressions. I've talked enough. I enjoyed mm-hmm. myself watching this game. What were yours of this? So I, I did not watch the first half uh, alive because I was, uh, I was actually at, um, I was at Bush Gardens with, uh, with the little one. Um, but. Uh, so I, I came back and started watching the second half. I and I caught it right at the beginning of the second half. So I was um so I saw the whole second half just kind of as a fan and watching it. And it was really entertaining. I, I started really getting into it like as uh as Reed Senate like uh was bringing them back and uh especially in that fourth quarter. Um and it was funny because I was watching him and he's like and I'm like, he's having a good day. Like he's he's looking good and he he had looked good in the other preseason games too. Was, you know, he's having a day out here and they got up what it was a two scores and i was like yeah it's still the fourth quarter and i'm like you know I'm, I'm, i'll be damned i think he's gonna take him back <laughs> you know I was, like, I was like i just kind of i just kind of feel like that's gonna happen here um and you know sure enough he did uh, uh but he he had to see these hail marys that which was really entertaining um but yeah, it was a, it was a really it was a really fun game. When when he caught that that hail mary, when Chris Meyer catches that, you know that uh, hail mary in the end zone. I mean, that was just that was just I was going nuts. I mean, this like it was a regular season game. Um, yeah. So I but then I afterwards I I went back and um, you know as I as I usually do, and I uh, I watched uh, the first half. You know what I what I had not seen before. Um, to watch certain players and um and then spotlight certain guys and um and and so you know but it, it 
the thing is that this was clearly, I mean, this is, this is bottom of the roster guys and aren't going to make it. And, and it was, it was clearly like that from the very beginning almost. I mean, I mean, so, some guys played like Solomon Kinley played and um, you know, the, but, but it was just like, this is, this is the dregs. This is um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. It's just, this is, this is the bottom of the roster. And, and that was the same for the, the Bengals too. So, um, unfortunate, you know, you, cause you want to, you want to see more like all the, all these receivers of ours got healthy. Right. And I'm like, yeah. well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we take them out for, you know, breeze them on the track a little bit. What do you, what do yeah. you think? Like, I mean, um, but no, I guess not. So, uh, so we had to make deal and do with it, but I thought it was a really entertaining game. Um, do you have any, uh, do you have any standouts? Do you have any, uh, any, any, anybody that just like gave you an impression? Yeah. Uh, one guy who really gave me a strong impression was Tua Tungvaloa. Did you see him in every single quarterback huddle? And then as Reed Sinet was going back onto the field, he was actually coaching him up on the way back to the huddle. Yeah, like, dude. He was like, he was, he was into it. He was into it, and he seemed to be knowing what – well, he, he was listening to the play calls, but he seemed to have a little bit of input into what's going on. As far as the players, man, Malcolm Perry is an NFL player. I want him on this team, and I want to keep him, and I don't want to expose him to the league. I think he's a useful player at the bottom of the roster. He could do so many things. I fear he might get caught in a numbers game, and he might not be here. But another impression I got – I've always liked Chris Myrick. That guy can play. He only made one play yesterday. One. But what a play. (laughs) What a play, right? Yeah. He's never looked bad to me. Like, he's, uh, you know, I know he hasn't played. He's played, I think, two games for the Dolphins. He's been suited up twice. So, you know, you can't judge him too much. But every time I've seen him in practice or seen him in camp or in preseason, like, man, he just looks like a capable NFL tight end. And size is not an issue with him. As far as the running backs, the running backs, uh, you know, it's not a great bunch. It's <laughs> just not, you know. Well, it wasn't even a bunch of them, right? I mean, it basically, it was just Jared Dokes and uh, Jordan Scarlett the whole game. Well, well I guess uh, Patrick Lair did get in there. Yeah, Patrick right? Lair got one carry for two yards. But it was Jared Dokes, yeah. Jordan Scarlett. Um, you know that they're both guys are. That's, you know, those three guys, I found it, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that Jared Dokes, Jordan Scarlett, and Patrick Laird are the ones that played. Patrick uh, Laird, I'd love to see a snap count. If you have it in front of you, that'd be awesome. Patrick Laird got caught three balls for 28 yards. I don't think it's a coincidence that those are the three guys that were active and playing at running back. Cause I think that those three guys are going for one spot. Yeah, and, I think. Um, yeah. And, and honest, they're going for one spot and it could be that none of them got it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I did the post game show honest, yesterday. Honest opinion. Yeah. I did the post game show yesterday and they told me, I'll oh, pick one. And I said, he's not on the roster yet. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Dokes got it's... 31 snaps, by the way. Uh, oh, Patrick okay. Laird got 21, and Jordan Scarlett got 13. Okay. And Jordan Scarlett is gone today, so he's no, he don't he is, he is already gone. But he could he be on the practice too. squad, maybe. Yeah. We don't know. Who knows? I think Dokes and Scarlett are – like, you could put them on the practice squad, no no issue. Mm-hmm. I think that they're capable – they're capable camp bodies, okay? And who knows? Maybe they become – you know, they're young enough. They could become something later on. They're not now, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Jordan Scarlett could be close to in my opinion. He has a good look to him, doesn't he? He he has a good look. And, and I just, 
I just want to see more, don't you? Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I know, I know that I'm not fooling myself into thinking like, oh, he's gone out there and proven himself or anything. No, he clearly has not. Um, but it's enough to want to see more. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, I, I, I think that um, I would love to see that opportunity to get more. I mean, he did take a few snaps, I think in 2019 he's the one he he was out all of 2020 like on the covid like he sat out the season right mm -hmm. i think that's uh that's his deal um yeah i mean clearly you're just like i, I want to see more like that's he was he was good enough but on the rest of the guys man i would have loved to see hunter long catch that corner out right oh my god <laughs> like that, that was my good. <laughs> And you know what? The, the one bothers me about that is like I've seen I've seen some of that show up on college on his college tape too, mm -hmm. and, and I know that he's got a good reputation for good hands, and I have no doubt that like you know as far as the way NFL teams co or coaches coach it and like you know technique and natural skill and all that, I'm sure he does have good hands. But I've seen that man drop some goddamn balls, yeah. and I'm like I'm like just finish the fucking catch, you know. And I'm sorry, excuse my language. I, and like there's there have been times that on film you know and his uh boston college tape and i'm like that and i'm like why why didn't you finish the damn catch you know and um and sure enough it shows up in this game but man if he had caught it <laughs> yeah what a play that did yeah. look like that did look a little bit like gasicki or but but not like in exactly his mold but like you know someone yeah that could that looked like someone we will always have those first three days in camp where I got onto our podcast and I said, my God, Hunter Long is making Gasecki look expendable. And then he got <laughs> injured. And, and then, then he Gusecki got injured. Looks, then Gasecki looks like super. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, then Gasecki just kicked into a new gear. I guess Gasecki looked over. Oh, and said, he, is, oh really? he is so good. Like, I haven't, I haven't, we haven't even gotten the, that much of a chance to, like, talk about him in, in detail. But it is so obvious that he is like he that he has absorbed some nuance that he didn't have before, mm -hmm. um, and in in his route running and the way that he gets open, like he is he is totally he is totally out there abusing abusing the coverage uh, by changing up his you know changing up his speed and and faking things just the the little things that he does to to create separation the burst um, sudden separation instead of you know, just running flat out and being faster than everybody. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's beautiful to watch the guy is the guy has become an elite tight end. I mean, I, I don't need to see what the production is going to be this year. I don't because I, I'm watching him play. I'm like, that's an elite tight end. I'm, I, if he's not top five, then I don't know who is, um, yeah. you know, that's the honest truth. Yeah. We're and, on, um, we're on the fast track to four years, 55 million is what I'm yeah, I yeah if it might be more than that i mean but really be careful because well the contracts inflate i mean so um, where's kelsey yeah. at because you know four years 50 beardless is pretty hefty beardless that's where kelsey's at man <laughs> shaved his beard he's making somewhere around 15 million his right? career is over his career is over he, tried, he doesn't look he the same his... without that beard doesn't he looks he looks like a, a gym teacher <laughs> It does not look good. He does look like like tight end three <laughs> without that tight beard. end tight end three. That's right. <laughs> he looks like tight end three. He looks like your gym teacher that was like you know yeah I was in the NFL for a little bit but he was really on like a practice <laughs> squad for like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I play with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he's he's by the way his contract was four years and uh, fifty seven million. 
but okay. um, but this just... contract this contract was signed before the 2020 season, I believe. Mm. And I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying contracts inflate that like once you toll two se- two whole seasons forward, yes. I mean it's gonna. Do you awesome. think Chris Greer is gonna be able to get away with? Hey, here here's Travis Kelsey's contract. Sign it. <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> really that's not gonna work. I don't I don't think it's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think if you're are if you let's say he has the season we think he can have. Like let's say. And by the end of the year, like he's he's a top five, like he's a top five type of tight end. If if he's a top five type of tight end, he is not getting less than any, you know, than than Travis Kelsey's contract from two years. Any contract from two years ago. He's not getting he's not getting less than that. He's getting more than that. He's gonna have the the top tight end contract in the uh the NFL, most likely. Hmm. Wow. I can't wait to be on Twitter the next day after he signs that deal. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, we've we've slagged him off on this, to use Simon's term <laughs> in this podcast before. We're like, you know, oh, now that we got Hunter Long, you know, uh, yeah. you know we, we got Durham Smythe as a blocker, Hunter Long, you know, Adam Shaheen. Maybe maybe Mike Kosicki could get traded. Maybe he's not long for this team. Maybe maybe yeah. he's just not their type of tight end, which I, I was the one to say that, like, you know, based on all the tight ends, they keep signing over and over and over again none of them look like mike Gasicki. so i'm like you know maybe he's not their their type of tight end well he damn well better be their type of tight end because their type should be good yes <laughs> and he is good and guess who really really likes him? that should be the type yeah the quarterback the quarterback really seems to like him okay because yeah. he keeps looking for him all right mm-hmm. so yeah and and mike Gasicki should see great coverages this year mm-hmm. especially with what they have on the outside and that brings us to and, wide and on the inside with Jalen Waddle. That's an important one. Absolutely. And that brings us to wide receivers. And I and I guess we could finish there, or we could talk a little Noid Benogany if you want to. Mm-hmm. I thought his technique was all over the place, but he did make a play, and that was perfect technique. He was well, he made a couple right of plays. Yeah, he wasn't terrible. You know, actually, I want to talk about another guy too after Noid Benogany. But first, we got to talk about fan favorite Kirk Merritt. Mm-hmm. You know. We're not going to do roster cuts or all that stuff because that's something we could talk about on Wednesday. But I got to ask you, he makes it? No, I don't believe he will. But okay. um, I think he had a hell of a game. I think he's he's going to be on the practice squad. Um, it, it is possible he gets, he gets claimed. Um, but I just think that there's some guys on the Dolphins that are ahead of him in the pecking order unless there's a trade. Yeah, I, and I think about it the same way. I was having this discussion with somebody else, and they were telling me, you would really take Malcolm Perry over Kirk Merritt? And I said, yeah, kind of, yeah, I would. Like, I like As a specialist. Ma- you know. Yeah, Malcolm Perry can do a lot of different things. Kirk Merritt, to me, looks like he's probably a one or two trick pony, a good one, one or two trick pony. I think he's an NFL wide receiver. Like, mm. I don't have a doubt about that. You know, but I think it's 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 gonna be too difficult for him. Like, can he get onto another team? Of course. Somebody has a poor wide receiver core. Man, Kirk Merrick could help him as wide receiver four, and who knows? Maybe he develops into something else. He did have good measurables, and now he has good preseason production. So there's nothing wrong with him. The only thing that's wrong with him is he's on the wrong team to try to make it. Well, there's he's too many um... wide receivers here. He is. I mean, this works in his favor. Actually, he is a slot. I mean, that if you go back, mm-hmm. if you go back to his, his college, um, you know, tape. I mean, this is this is what he did. He was a slot. So, um, 
you know, that's a bonus for, for what Miami could be looking for. I think. Um, yeah. I'm open. So I'm open. Look, I'm open. I'm open to be told that I'm wrong, but I'll ask you and, and I value your opinion on this. Who's a better football player, Malcolm Perry or Kirk Merritt? Uh, oh boy, that's a tough one. You know, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say, um, Malcolm Perry, right. But it's, it's only just because I, you know, it, it could be, if we saw like two more preseason games of, of Kirk Merritt, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, just hadn't seen enough quite yet with Merritt. And, uh, and I think that, um, Malcolm Perry right now is, is just a little bit better at uh, creating space getting open you know around the middle of the field as a slot you know he's got that he's you know as you say he's a utility guy I I want to see him in the backfield more I know they haven't really done it Um, but yeah I think that uh, he's got versatility in his favor that maybe uh, Merritt doesn't have yet but hey maybe I'm missing the forest for the trees maybe Merritt is just is just that good I would just want to see it for maybe maybe two more games um, to be honest yeah, their game yesterday, Kirk Merritt, three for 72 and a touchdown. Malcolm Perry, four mm-hmm. for 69 and a two-point conversion. You know, they didn't make things any easier. So this is going to be a decision that's going to have to come down. Who knows? Maybe I, don't think, I don't think it's going to be Perry that, dis, that you know, that dislodges them, though. I, mm-hmm. I think I think you got you got seven guys in front of both of them, really, um, between – well. Let's let's keep in mind, Kurt, uh, Will Fuller doesn't have to be on the fifty-three uh, man roster for week one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's on an ex- he's on an exemption list because of suspension. Um, but I, I mean, you've got Will Fuller and, De- and Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle, of course. But I, I also think that I also happen to think, well, I have Albert Wilson, and nobody would argue that, right? So that's your top four. Mm-hmm. But I also happen to think that uh, Preston Williams and Jakeem Grant would be um would be in front of of both of those guys and mac collins has really put his foot out there in front of them just because of his special teams ability um not just because of his special teams ability but for a number of reasons like one he's a good player good all-around player um two he's been an all right receiver. I think he's not, a, I don't think he's a, he's a technician as far as, um, you know, route depth and the way that he runs and stuff. But I think that he's, he's been productive and shown that he can catch the ball better than he did last year. Um, but also he's got that tight end versatility. We use him on those, we use him on the, some of those tight end uh, duties that you see. And, um, and that could be really important. And then on top of that, yeah, the special team. So Mac Hollins, a lot of people believe that he makes the roster. And I think that, you know, the contra, I didn't think Preston Williams would be a controversial roster guy. I didn't think that Jakeem Grant would be a controversial roster guy, given his return ability and, and what we know he can do as a receiver, which he did in this preseason at times as well. So, um, but I think all of those guys are probably ahead of both of them. Mm-hmm. Now, one guy, and we could close here on the game. And I don't know if you want to bring somebody up from the defense, but we got to talk a little bit about the defense. I really like Calvin Munson. I like him as a roster player. Something happened today that we will talk about in the second half of the show that I think mm-hmm. kind of signals like maybe Calvin Munson is long for this team. I enjoy watching him play. He plays the game the way it should be played. And he plays it violently and he plays it fast. Is he good enough to be, you know, a 16 games, 
you know, 18, 800 snap uh, middle linebacker? Probably not. But he's damn good to be on a roster. I don't know your opinion on Calvin Munson, but I, I love him as a football player. I think he hits hard. I think he um, he's got a good – I mean, he's got a good temperament for the position um, and the way he handles his, uh, his business. But uh, there are times that his, his falling off the tackle drives me a little mad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and obviously he's, he's, he's sluggish. So um, he is what he is. Uh, but I, I think that um, he reminds me that we'll talk in the second half of the show, but I mean, I mentioned something to you guys earlier and, um, and only fins was like, you know, once you get to a certain type of player, they're, they're a dime a dozen. They're, they're actually easy to find. And yep. I think Calvin Munson is really like front and center of that. You can find a Calvin Munson. And um, it's not that they're, not valuable and that they can't go out there and play on NFL Sunday and actually fulfill the role and do it really well. And they can't, um, but you, you can find them. Calvin Munson can be found. Yeah. And with that, we'll introduce you to a sponsor of the show bet us sports betting season is in full force. And with football fast approaching, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like bet us. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. And we're back. All right, Chris. Yeah. We got to get into it. On Sunday, I'm driving. I'm somewhere around Isla Morada. Did you call it Isla Morada? Yes. You know why? Why? Because it's a Spanish name. And Isla means island, and Morada means uh, like uh, it's like a burgundy oh, color. Oh, I didn't even realize that I was gringoizing that um, that that name. Yes, I know because everybody that, tells that me a lot of people Isla Morada, and it's not Isla Morada; it's Isla Morada. No, I, I I never heard it. I've never heard it say Isla Morada. <laughs> I've always heard it as Isla Morada, like without yeah. without pronouncing the S. No, nah, it's Isla. Isla. Yeah, and, and I just realized I was totally anglicizing that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm somewhere around there and my phone starts going bleep and bleep and bleep. And oh God. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, what's going on? And all I see is Deshaun Watson all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> and then I see uh who's the guy reporting this? Oh, it's good old Charles Robinson, the guy who wanted to bury oh, yeah. the Miami Hurricanes. <laughs> okay. Uh I don't know what you make make of it. I have some reporting I, I guess I can do. And and I'll get to it in a little bit. But your thoughts on the whole saga. That he's well, walked back some today. Okay. Yeah. Let's be clear about that. Yeah, a little bit. But um, you know, it's there's there's a lot of people setting up on both sides of this and across the media world. And it's interesting that that's happening because it's it's probably I think it's a it's 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 a macrocosm really of of what's happening internally 
you know, among people that even sources and people that are close to situations and stuff like that. I think that there's conflict there too. I think that there's a lot of people that are like, now this is, this is not close to happening. It's, you know, the Texan for one reason or another, the Texans aren't going to do this. The dolphins aren't going to do this, the Texan, you know, all that stuff. Um, and then there's, you know, there are some other people that are like, you know, for, for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, this is pretty close to happening. <laughs> um, so, and I've had, I've had two really well connected people, really well connected people. Um, you know, one of whom I always, exactly these situations, I'm always like, you're full of it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, that's not, that can't really be, it makes no sense. It defies rationality. And like, I keep saying this, um, all the time and, and then they're always right. Um, so, you know, a couple of people are, you know, believe that this is very real. doesn't mean it's going to happen, but this is very real. And, um, and so, you know, it is what it is. And, and I think the dolphins themselves have had more than ample opportunity to crush it. If they chose, you know, they, they could have crushed it in front of the media, in front of everybody, just like, you know, just squash it. Um, one, two words <laughs> not happening. Um, you know, that it would have, would be sufficient or they could have crushed it off the record. You know, which is more and, likely because yeah. there is uh, there is written language in the NFL and the NFL uh, rule book that if you mention somebody that's under contract, you can be it can be grounds for a fine or sure. or loss of a draft pick. So the move there is to just just leak it to one of us. And yeah, I mean, just just crush it. You, you can squash it off off the record and just like reach out to some some of your contacts and be like, you know, Hey, it's not happening. This is, this is who we believe in. This is what we're, so they haven't, they haven't taken that opportunity to do that. And I think the easy answer, the obvious answer is the easy answer is the correct answer, which is that if the Texans had relented on their price tag and, you know, decided to sell Watson uh, for say 50 cents on the dollar or whatever you want to say, this probably might have already happened, <laughs> you know. Mm. Um, and and I think it, the, the the obvious is that yes, Miami is interested, and um, and that's that's what it is. So um, I, I'm not here to argue whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, especially with the complications that Deshaun Watson present brings to the table. But um, it's definitely there's definitely a there there in my, in my opinion. Now, you know, I can do a little reporting on this and I reported this earlier on OnlyFans and you can become a, a Patreon of ours by going to Patreon and looking up OnlyFans. It's only $3 a month. It's well worth it. Okay. With all the information we give you in there. And you can also chat with like-minded Dolphin fans. But I had reported earlier that before the draft, the Texans had laid out what was the framework of the deal that they could possibly say yes to and it started with two first round picks and multiple young players in a deal and i am told by a pretty reliable source that the dolphins summarily rejected that and if you do that if you do the math on that what are they really asking for if they want young players like who are the young players that are desirable on the on the dolphins mm -hmm. you know you're talking about 
Kristen Wilkins, maybe? Xavier you know, Howard. Maybe Xavier Howard. Maybe they wanted something like Kristen Wilkins, Xavier Howard, and two first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was an offer that was that was a pre-draft offer. Like now, now I don't think. Oh, I don't and think uh, they would and, want players and anymore. Yeah, and a detail that uh, on the, the the framework, the two first-round picks could not be on in the same year. They had to be consecutive yeah. years. So you know that's a lot to ask. It's a great player. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a fabulous player top five quarterback in the league when he was coming out in the, in the draft process you remember we talked about it. i think we were both big fans i wanted to move mm-hmm. heaven and earth and at the time we kind of liked ryan Tannehill, but i was yeah. ready to throw him over a cliff for deshaun watson out of clemson because i, I would have thrown i would have thrown him over over i would have thrown Tannehill. i was you know and i i believe that he was still going to get another shot and more shots and um on goal and i thought that uh you know it might not be a bad thing that he gets more shots on goal but I would have moved heaven and earth for the, for Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. I mean, I had, I had Deshaun Watson just below Mahomes and everybody mm-hmm. knows how, how ridiculous I was about Mahomes back then. So um, yeah. he was good. He was a good guy. He was a good prospect coming out. Now I'm not like ask... Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't like, I remember that year we were, we, were, we would talk about the draft a lot and I would tell you, I saw this guy play. I understand that he smoked the, the hurricanes, but who the hell are the hurricanes? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've watched this guy play a lot. I watch every ACC game. If you know me and you mm-hmm. watch me on Twitter and you say, man, how the hell does he know about all these guys? You know, if you notice, I'm usually talking about SEC and ACC games, games and, you know, guys that play for the AC, in the ACC or the SEC. I watch every single ACC, SEC game. Okay. So I'm pretty well versed in the league. And I watched him play in North Carolina. And I was like, okay, <laughs> like I, this is supposed to be the number one overall pick. Like I'm watching this guy at Clemson. Like he's pretty good, and Mahomes, you know, I'm. It's growing on me, but really, Trubisky, okay. But l- let well, me ask you this: at part. that, I'll, I'll tell you this. At that time, which is, I, I believe, this was 2016. Like as the 2016 season was wrapping up, um, and this is, you know, the the year that um, the year that both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson would be heading into the draft. I was, you know, giddy about both guys and well, giddy about both guys, but really about Patrick Mahomes the most. Um, and in that, in that, you know, winter 2016, uh, heading into 20, early 2017, um, I believed that the three best quarterbacks that I had seen in college football that year were the two coming out. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and one who is still going to still had a while to go, which is Josh Allen. Um, Mm. And, uh, and they were arguably the three best player, three best quarterbacks, you know, three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I'm not saying the three best quarterbacks because other people, uh, other guys were putting their foot forward there, but, um, but yeah, that, that 2016, that was the, that, College had some 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 firepower at that position. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen. Man, those those guys those guys were awesome. Now let me ask you this: uh, You know, we do a, a Dolphins podcast, and we listen to the all these rumors, and I hear this Deshaun Watson, you know, news over the weekend, and I get the sense: Have you ever gone inside your house and said, you know what? There's like a little smell. There's a there's a, a bad smell somewhere. Let me open up a window, you know, 
Let me open up the sliding door to the backyard. In fact, let me go sit outside for about an hour to see if the, the smell dissipates. There's something out. Maybe I didn't throw out the garbage in time and I let it linger a little bit and it caused something went rotten. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why do I have that? That mm, feeling with the Deshaun Watson. Do you have that same feeling? Like there's a bad, you smell? know, I just, I just, I was just, I was just con- uh, contacted er- earlier today by, I mentioned that I've had two people, um, you know, one of whom just seems to be uncanny about exactly these sort of, we are all like, not only do we have people telling us no, it's not happening because I think we do, but it defies rationality. We're like, no, that is not happening. Just doesn't make sense for all these reasons. Um, but anyway, not only that, like I, ha- I just had somebody contact me today, and this this dude's like, I mean, he's well connected. In fact, like he's 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 a name now. Um, he's a name in the football scouting community, not um, you know, not not media. Um, and he's like, I think this could happen sometime in the next forty eight hours. What do you think? <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I really do. I was like, holy shit. Um, so yeah, that's that that's the bad smell. That's the bad smell that you're smelling is um is I think this might be a little closer than most of us would realize, even if it ultimately does not happen. Um, and I think there are so many reasons this should not happen. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think Simon is wrong when he brings up, you know, uh privately in in uh in OnlyFans, he's like, why the F would the Texans do this? Why wouldn't they just sit on him? for a year and then go collect their picks a year from now you know yeah. um and and i don't think he's wrong about that i think that if they were fo- if they were being rational that's exactly what they would do but i'm not i'm not also i'm also not 100 convinced that the, the the people the person at the very top of the texans is rational mm-hmm. um and being the owner so um so i don't know it's a little bit of a wild card on that and then the dolphins you know it just makes so much sense why wouldn't you wait a year and see see what Tua has to offer and then circle back but then again the reason you don't necessarily wait a year is because you're getting a discount right now and if you wait a year then all these other teams they're bidding against themselves right now pretty much everybody agrees on that Hmm. right um and and so if you wait a year you know yeah you got clarity on your Tua Tunga Vailoa situation but you know what else might have happened maybe the Eagles got clarity on the Jalen Hurts situation Yes. You know, maybe, maybe the giants got clarity on the Daniel Jones situation, you know, like they're all of a sudden, all these players step back into it. And, and maybe that's the dolphins are thinking is like, you know, yeah, we could get clarity on the Tua Tonga by situation by waiting a year, but then all these other teams are going to get clarity on their situations too. And right now we're bidding against ourselves and that's a comfortable place to be. Um, yeah. So, and, and I, I completely know. agree with, if I'm the Texans, I'm playing the tank game. I'm tanking for Purdy. Or who would you like? Uh, the Clemson guy's come is going to come out. I don't know. No, no. Pronounce his last uh, name. No, he's he's. Um, I'm not even going to try it. Uh, Simon Simon could do it. I'm sure he, he could. Um, but uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to try. But he's not coming out. He's not. He's not in it. Okay, because he's a so he's a sophomore this year. He's not going to be. He's not a junior. Yeah, he's 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 not even going to be eligible next year. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was going into his junior year, but no. Okay. Uh, so I guess is what we're, we're tanking for Brock Purdy now. 
Brock Purdy? No, no, it's it's. <laughs> come on you, now. You said you said it like you a pejorative. Better. He's gonna you be a first round pick. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. Really, he's not gonna. I will bet money on it right now. I, if you want me to, I will bet money on it. You know, he was on the Walters list last year. They they never yeah. miss with their first round picks. They had him as a first round quarterback. Yeah. I'm, well, I love him. I, I I love the guy. I just don't think I don't think when all is said and done, I don't think he's going to be in the first. All right. So who if, who are the Texans tanking for then? It, it's it's either Spencer Rattler, mm-hmm. um, or uh, what's the um, what's the guy's name from Liberty again? Um, uh, Malik Willis. Okay. Either Spencer Rattler, Malik Willis, possibly Carson Strong. Um, these are, these are all guys that could all like, I, we could imagine at the end of the year, they've had such a year that it's like, okay, yeah, he's, he's the guy. Um, I know there's an obvious one that I'm, that I'm, uh, that I'm forgetting as well. Like, you know, well, Desmond like, Ritter see, has a shot at the Heisman this year, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's got a shot at that number one overall. Um, even if he wins the Heisman. You think he's gonna? You think he really legit has a, has a shot? At the he's the fifth favorite. He's the fifth guy on the list. So okay, you know, All it's right. not. It's not. You know, it's not crazy if it happens. Okay. All right. Well, I, I don't. I. 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 I think yes, actually, it would be crazy if it happens. I will go ahead and say that if that happened, that so would you be want to crazy. book all? Okay, I will. So I will bet against all the, that as all well. The, so you're gonna book all the twelve to one bets, okay? So yes, I'll, I, I'll direct I'm, everybody towards no, you. I'm, I'm. I'm not. I'm not trying to take all the favorites. I'm just like. You know, okay, so Sam Howell's another one, Keaton Slovis. Um, they're these are just guys to watch. Um yeah. to, that are that are Sam Howell down. is the North Carolina quarterback. Yeah, he is. And um and Keaton Slovis is uh USC. Um, you know, so these are these are some of the guys to just keep an eye on, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think of who else Malik Willis, I just think is I think the talent on Malik Willis is absolutely ridiculous well there you um, go that's what I, mean, I would do if i'm the houston texans i'm tanking tank for, for, Malik tank for willis. willis tank for willis yeah sit back you know nice and pretty with i got my quarterback coming to me mm-hmm. right because we were god awful and trust me they're gonna be god awful this year and then i sell deshaun watson to whoever's the most desperate and there could be some desperate teams maybe two is not good and then the dolphin circle back and and, and they play ball Maybe yep. Jalen Hurts is terrible. And, you know, that fan base ain't going to have it. And they have some players on that roster. Mm-hmm. And maybe Daniel Jones is terrible. Look at all the mm-hmm. possibilities of guys that could be terrible. Carolina mm-hmm. is, has Sam Darnold as a quarterback. Okay, He could be terrible. And I was told specifically when this whole Deshaun Watson thing started, I was told by somebody who's pretty good at calling these things, watch for Carolina. They, they, they're aggressive and mm-hmm. they don't mind unloading a pile of picks. For Deshaun Watson. And I was told, look, if you're going to bet it, bet Carolina. And I'm like, okay. I agree. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. So look at all of the avenues that could open up for a Deshaun Watson trade. If I'm Nick Casario, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this team, you know, kind of giggling under my breath. Like, yeah, we're going to be absolutely terrible. And it's going to be fabulous. Because <laughs> we finally get a pick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the first time they have a first round pick next year. Because, you know, we had them all. All these years. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They so they have it. their own first round pick next year, which is kind of glorious when you know you're going to be absolutely terrible. You know, so yeah. Hank, have your quarterback absolutely locked up and then trade the other one. You know what I mean? I think. Oh, I, 
I knew I was forgetting a guy. I'm sorry. I'm like way off. I'm it's because it's bothering me. I knew I was forgetting a guy, JT Daniels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Doesn't that make sense as a plan? Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is what, this is how Miami resurrected themselves out of, out of the, the depths. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, they, they, they robbed their own, you know, roster of talent essentially. And they wanted to build from nothing almost. Mm-hmm. And um, and they did, and and this is this is how they did it, and uh, I think that um, they're within their rights and to to think about that and think about doing exactly the same thing, and just like hey, we're they might not be going for the number one overall pick. I'm I'm not sure that they would you know do that, but um, but they know they're going to be at, have a high one. You know, Miami knew that they were going to have a high one, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if whether they actually tanked or not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going there, but, um, but they knew they were going to have a high one. Houston knew, knows that they're going to have a high one. Yeah. Go, go that route. Um, you know, we'll see. And this is kind of like breaking news. I don't know if this has made it across all the wires, but uh, supposedly there was a, 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 like a serious quarterback battle. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a sure thing that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the starter week one against the Detroit Lions for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, Dolphins have the 49ers first round pick. Trey Lance was in real discussion. Like he could actually win the job. Trey Lance has a finger injury. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo will start week one. So, yeah. so that's gone, you know, and, the sooner, and I don't know, maybe that's not a the, good thing. Yeah. You know? That's not a good thing for our pick, but I mean, the sooner that, uh, that they have Trey Lance out there, the better. Um, but let's face it, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt and gets injured a lot. So, yes. so, um, and, and honestly, I'm not sure that he's going to be all that good. I'm just not sure that team's going to be all that good. That's my honest opinion. Well, moving on from all the Watson talk, Dolphins made some cuts there. They're, they're getting ahead of themselves. They're supposed mm. to do, they're supposed to dump 23 players, you know, tomorrow at four o'clock, you know, Tuesday the 31st at four o'clock, but they're getting a head start where, you know, Jordan Scarlett got cut. We know a few of the guys, uh, Robert Foster got cut. We know a few of the other guys on the fringes that got cut, but two notable Tyson names. Render. Yeah, Tyson Render's an odd one, right? I guess Jason, Stro- did odd, Jason Strobridge survive or, or no, I don't he- think that I don't think they're substitutes. I think um, mm-hmm. Jason Strobridge for him to, for him to get cut. Um, it would have to be somebody like Jonathan Ledbetter that, that supplants them, you know, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily Tyson render, uh, Tyson renders a different, I think a different case altogether. I think that you've got Andrew Van Ginkle haven't played well. Uh, Jalen Phillips obviously has his place there. Brennan Scarlett really played well all preseason long and just has been, it seems like mm-hmm. what they thought they were acquiring the, the fit that they thought that they were getting with him. See, it's, it seems to be right on like right on the head. Um, so that's, that's probably impacted Tyson renders ability. Um, but also, you know, cut them now, get them on the practice squad. I think that there's going to be players on the practice squad that are going to be, that the dolphins are going to consider to be game ready that they mm-hmm. can use for two. And I think he's, he could be one of those if he, if he survives waivers. Um, but they also, and, and the opposite, the flip side of that coin is that, the bottom of the 53 man roster could end up going to guys that just aren't game ready for the dolphins, Mm. like that they get from some other team. So I think they're going to be scanning the waiver wires for a, uh, an outside linebacker type like Tyson render. um, And knowing that they can maybe have Tyson on the, uh, 
practice squad ready to to come up for a game at need and um and then the these other guys that they have on roster spots number 50 through 53 maybe they just kind of redshirt a little bit yeah and the bottom of the roster better believe that danny cross is going to sit in that room and they're going to ask him what do you think of this guy and he's going to fight for one guy over another mm-hmm. okay uh the robert foster cut that was because of special teams they tried him on special teams he was not good there okay yeah. well he also he also didn't really make it up the the ladder on the among the receivers yeah. and yeah, we were just but, talking about whether kirk Merritt or malcolm perry made it and then we've also got seven guys ahead of those guys <laughs> yes. uh, yeah know. so well i think it's a talented roster like there's 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 talent on this on this roster you know mm-hmm. maybe not in some of the places that we want it to have but speaking of one of those places matt skura man gone we hardly knew he I was told I like maybe three a, days, maybe three days right. ago that he was on life support. This was before the Greg Manx trade. Did he get a fair shake? Never taking a first team snap ever? Like what did he do? Michael Dean just got handed this job? I cannot I cannot say definitively because so much of that position is what we can't see. Yes. Um, and that that just being uh, just being I'm not trying to cop out, you know. That position, there are some positions, and that position being one of them. So much of so much is what you can. It's why it's why there's like seventh round centers and undrafted free agent centers that end up being annual starters in the NFL at that position. It's it's notorious for being the most sort of um, you, know, you know bottom, you know, a backward position as far as a draft order versus success, um, because there's so much to it that you cannot see. Uh, until you get the guy into your into your system into your camp practicing uh, making the calls on the line communicating uh, communicating with the quarterback uh, snapping with the quarterback and making sure that they have a good connection that way I mean there's just there's there's a ton that you do not know and it's like the most important parts of that position almost and um, and what we saw is that Michael Dieter had all of those things mm-hmm and Matt Skura, we don't know that he didn't, but I think that's kind of what it points to. Yeah, and it's so. the, the subtle things. I, I spent a practice. I, I spent a good a part of practice explaining to one of the, the the extra yard guys, Juan. I was explaining to him, you got to look at all the things that a center does, and one of the things that a center does is organize the huddle. Okay, and he was like, "Really? Like that's that that's important?" I'm like, "Yes," and I'm going to show you. In the next few snaps, and we saw a few first team snaps. Michael Dieter organizing a huddle. Uh, pass gets completed nine yards down the field. You see, he gets on the ball. He's calling for the huddle. You see, the huddle forms. They have a spot for Tua. Tua gets into the huddle. Everybody's in their place. The play gets called. The next play gets run, right? Matskura comes in and it looks a little bit, you know, disorganized. Cameron Tom comes in and it's an absolute unmitigated disaster. That uh, that huddle, that huddle looks, it looked kind of embarrassing. Like if I were a coach, I would have said, "Look, dude, you got to organize your huddle a little bit better." Uh, Reed Sinek couldn't get into the huddle. He had to like tell Larnell <laughs> Coleman to him get, out. <laughs> yeah, tell Larnell Coleman to get the hell out of the way. You know what I mean? And and I was looking at him like, you see, you see what I mean? Look now, look at Matt Skura's huddle. Not as good as Dieter's, right? Now look at Dieter's. Dieter's were perfectly organized. Everybody in their spot. 
They will break. They will get into their positions. Everybody, the play will get run. You see with Cameron Tom and with Matt Skura, there's a play clock. You're losing two or three seconds because you can't organize a huddle. Those are subtle things. Those are important things. And we talked about this on a show about a week ago. Tua just likes Michael Dieter, man. And who knows if he had a say. And if he has a say, you know, who's to say? He's no, he doesn't, he doesn't get a say. They wouldn't ask him. They wouldn't ask him that. But really? you can damn well. You, no, they wouldn't. I, I don't think they would. I honestly don't think they would. Um, but you can damn well bet they've they've noticed uh, they've noticed who gets on with them in practice. Mm-hmm. They don't need to ask them. They don't need to ask them. So you know, yeah, it had a, it had an effect, but I don't think they would ask them. Yeah, have you ever heard anybody call Michael Dieter Mike? Who was the oh. only guy that calls him Mike? Who calls him? Does, does he really? Does Tua call him Mike? Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Mike. You know, Mike organizes is, the hull. He gets this. Gets this. Isn't that, isn't that up. confusing? Isn't that confusing when he's calling out the Mike linebacker? <laughs> right. That would be right. That would be confusing. <laughs> it would be. But yeah, there's a lot of subtle things that we don't see, and you really have to focus on. That's one of the things I noticed that Michael Dieter does organize a huddle really, really well, and that's something yeah, and important. It, prob- it probably points to a whole mess of other things. Yeah, yeah, and that's and you and you think, all right, Alf, like really? Uh, I know you watch football at a at a different level, but you're gonna bring up organizing a huddle. Well, yeah, you know that's kind of important to get plays off, right? You know what I mean? If you're losing mm-hmm. three seconds because you can't organize a huddle, and you only have 25 to get the play run, called and run, mm-hmm. and then we have 8,000. If you listen to some in the media, we have 8,000 people calling the play, including Charlie Fry. That's right. You know, then you need every single second you can save, right? And Michael Dieter's saving you those seconds, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I, I guess it's kind of surprising because who's this backup? Greg Mance. I know nothing about Greg Mance. I, I didn't even – I haven't even been able to bring myself, like, really try to watch him. Hey, he played for the Ravens. That's good, right? <laughs> I'd have to go back – honestly, I'd have to go back to, like, there's some 2019 tape that I flagged, and, and then otherwise I think it's 2017 tape. And I'm like, God damn, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, hey, he NFL. played for the Ravens. That must be good. But you know who also played for the Ravens? Matt Skura. <laughs> yeah, he did. And Matt Skura started for the Ravens at center and then played left guard. So they, he was good enough where they said, okay, you keep snapping it into the end zone. We're going to play you at left guard. <laughs> okay. So that tells you that the Ravens kind of thought something of Matt Skura where they needed him on the field no matter what, even though he was snapping the ball over Lamar Jackson's head. So, you know, I guess Matt Skura could go back to Baltimore or not. But a new backup center is in town, and Michael Dieter is the starter. Now, moving on. Brandon McKinney got cut. And that's general, a big one. General freakout online. And I had my own little episode for like about a minute until I thought about it. That was an episode. Yeah. Well, it lasted about 60 seconds. It lasted one tweet, or I mean, one post on OnlyFans. And then I said, you know, I figured it out. <laughs> Bernard McKinney spent 19 days in camp, rolling downhill, hitting people, you know, looking big, menacing, thumping, looking great as a middle linebacker. Landon Roberts shows up for one practice, starts killing every linebacker, every running back on, on the roster. And I think they just looked at Landon Roberts and said, eh, good enough. <laughs> They're the same guy. Let's keep the one we know. See, uh, Bernardrick. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Two one-dimensional players 
they don't want two of them. They'll just well, that's one. and that's the thing is like you know, hey, do we do we want Bernardrick McKinney in here playing and playing a bunch of snaps, or do we want a Landon Roberts on some snaps and Sam Aguilbon on on others? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's you know it, it's it's not just a Landon coming back and being who they know him to be because I don't even know that they need to all they need to do is see he's healthy to know what they're going to get. But um, you know it's it's also about how Sam Aguavon just went super um, in preseason <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden. I, and I I mean this this guy he, he's on something. I, I don't want to say that, but you know I do also want to say that. Um, he, is he on something <laughs> I mean, because he, he's like, he's like i mean he's on like horse steroids or something like he's like the explosiveness just went off the charts in these preseason games with him mm. uh, but i don't know what's going on there but I'll, I'll i'll enjoy it yeah and you know shaquem griffin he's played a lot that, that look he's not gonna I'm, make it i'm gonna i'm gonna say something here i'll be shocked if Shaquem Griffin does not make the, the roster. Because does not make the roster? You're going to be yeah. shocked if he doesn't make the roster? I think he's gone. Yeah. I think he's Why gone. would you waste all of those first-team special team snaps on Shaquem Griffin from day one to day 19 in camp yeah. and then play him in all those spots in all the exhibition games? Well, he didn't even play in the second preseason game. Well, he, uh, I believe he was – didn't he have an injury or something in the second preseason game that he was held oh. out of? I don't think was he, so. Was he inactive or was he in uniform for the second? Um, I don't know that one. <laughs> okay. But I, know, I, I, I just know he did not play. Why would they waste all of those snaps, all those first team special team snaps on him all throughout camp? Like it's I rendering think, camp meaningless then now. No, they I mean, they gave him a chance. I mean, they gave him a chance to. You know, to, to make the team, I think that was important. And then he was also um, firmly ensconced in the in the in the the second team. So, like, man, that just screams roster player to me. Oh, he did. He did actually play in the second um, preseason game. So, I mean, he he definitely dressed though because he 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 played some. But um, now I'm, I'm trying to see how much he played though. Because where's the snap count here? So I don't think he played very many snaps. Oh yeah, he was he was special teams only in the in the second. So he didn't play a, a single snap of defense, mm-hmm. but he played on special. He played and Duke Riley did, and Duke, Duke Riley's Riley a guy did. that's looked generally, I'll say it, bad this yeah this camp and this preseason. But they play so, different positions. They do. Now, should, you know? should Green Griffin like I really don't see why not. You know why he wouldn't be a roster player. I'll tell you why he wouldn't, you know, I, I would probably, I was a huge fan of this guy coming out. Like I was mm-hmm. a bit, cause who couldn't be, you know, who wouldn't be right. He's mm-hmm. such a, such a great story, such a high energy player, all that stuff. And great um, guy. And generally a great, and great guy, generally a great guy, genuinely great football teammate, you know, um, leader. Also ever. smart knows how to handle yeah. the media like to interact with I mean, fans like he's a dream football player like this is what you want all of it except for except for one pretty important um thing which is having two hands but um yeah. i think that at, I, when it comes down to it i don't know that brian flores is going to trust him because one he's a he's a he's a pass rusher He's, that's this is this is his stock and trade like this is what he did in college he's a pass rusher um 
but he ain't getting any pass rush. I'm watching him. Mm-hmm. You know, he runs up against a tackle, it's over. You know, and and that's general generally, and um, and you know he's got disadvantages. I get it. You know, but that's this is not for you know about fair. Um, so as a pass rusher, it's it, it wasn't happening. Uh, he can set the edge fairly well, but but can he tackle once he sets the edge? Because mm-hmm. I see him falling off a lot of that shit. And again, it's like, well, you know, he's got a disadvantage and, and maybe it's not fair, but <laughs> this isn't about fair. So I don't know that Brian, like, what are you going to trust him to do? Because he's not a coverage backer, mm-hmm. right? This is it's not, not like he's a specialist in coverage. So what, what are you going to trust him to do aside from play special teams? And, um, and that's, that's in the end, I think that's what's going to get him. Yeah, that that would be unfortunate. But I guess we will find out Tuesday at four o'clock. All right, Chris. On Wednesday, we will talk about an actual fifty-three man roster that will be formed by then. Mm-hmm. And then it's on to New England. Hopefully. And Deshaun and- Watson as the new quarterback in the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, let's hope not. Okay. I know. I, I'm actually, I am actually hoping not. I'll, I, I try to like not be neutral. I try to be neutral on a lot on a lot of this. You know, especially with the controversy that that he brings, um, my honest my honest opinion is I'm hoping it doesn't happen. Yeah, and I'm hoping it doesn't happen for two reasons. First of all, I'm suspicious of if you read the allegations, you do come away thinking a different way. Yep. And I understand, yeah, in this country, innocent until proven guilty. But you know, this you is know, it's, this it's is funny not a courtroom nobody... on this podcast. <laughs> It's, you know it's I mean? funny that nobody seems to apply that, though, to the uh, to the, um, you know, dozens, literal dozens of women who uh, evidently are being accused of giving false bearing false witness and signing affidavits illegally that uh, that that are completely made up and untrue. Uh, apparently, none of them are innocent until proven guilty about um, about uh, those sorts of illegal activities. Yeah, just find uh, it completely- interesting. I completely agree with you, but innocent until proven guilty and all that, but not on this podcast. Okay. On this podcast, we could do whatever we feel like. And in my, I do what opinion, I want. yeah, in my opinion, uh, this Sean Watson thing is, like I said, it's that bad smell in the house. Mm-hmm. He gets cleared tomorrow. Maybe I changed my mind, but the second part of it is I'm anxious to see Tua Tungvaloa this year. And I think he's going to be good. I think he's been fabulous all preseason and he's good in the two preseason games especially good against Atlanta and I'm I just want to see it through I know he can mm-hmm. be good I know he can be the franchise of the, of the French the face of this of this franchise and be a good quarterback in the NFL I want to see it through I want to see it through for this year and I wouldn't be surprised if he is very very good is he going to be as good as Deshaun Watson is ultimately a top five NFL quarterback I don't know maybe not but maybe he is and I would like to see if that can actually happen. So, mm. and like I said, the, the baggage is a little bit too much right now. It's too much to carry. All right. That's it. There is no more on when, uh, of course, on Wednesday, we will talk about an actual 53 man roster Tuesday through uh, at four o'clock. They start making cuts. There will be a show uh, five reasons sports network. We will be on YouTube. All of us, the three the extra yard guys, myself, the new guy, Hussam Patel, will be on with us as well. 
he he wrote a piece about Devontae Parker that was kind of interesting. All right, that's it. There is no more. See you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.